This episode is brought to you by Liquid IV. Guys, if you don't know what Liquid IV is, we'll buckle up because I'm going to throw you a game changer. Liquid IV is a hydration multiplier that not only tastes great, but is a non-GMO electric light drink mix. Powered by cellular transport technology to deliver hydration to the body faster and more efficiently than water can just do alone. One stick contains three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks with five essential vitamins. Now, I pride myself on telling you about things that I either already like or just use in my everyday life. And I have to say, I've actually been a fan of Liquid IV for a long, long time now. I use it for everything from, you know, just long runs to stay in shape, all those late nights with those after hours or just when I'm feeling a little dehydrated. I turn to it so it could just, my God, set me straight, make me feel like a million bucks again, and just get me ready for the day. So please head on over to their website. That's liquid-iv.com to check out their amazing line of products. And get this, when you use promo code Art of the Beholder, all one word, you'll get 20% off your order. Now, if you need a little direction on where to start, I recommend Lemon Lime. Guys, you're going to love it, won't be disappointed. So please give it a shot and get more fuel for life's adventures. Now, back to the show. Greetings and salutations, all you beautiful people, and welcome to another episode of Art of the Beholder, a show dedicated to all things eclectic in the world of art, where we do deep dives into deep cuts and help you understand why damn things matter. I'm your host, Novo Day, and today we're going to be talking about art and gaming, focusing on Lovecraftian, psychological, third-person roguelike shooter, Returnal. To hash it out, I am joined by Ryan Selby of Instagram yeah. handle at eatc.films. Welcome back to the show, Mr. Ryan. Hey, man. How's it going? It's going good. It's been, uh, uh, tell the good people, it's been too long. It's been a long time. I'm, I've, I've been busy and trying to uh, juggle a, a busier schedule, and I've got a lot more uh, responsibility in my business now, and a lot more, uh, I'm on retainer. This is booming. I mean, this is booming. I'm on retainer now with a couple clients. And, hey, let's uh, go. Stuff, stuff's good, bro. Stuff's, stuff's real good. Well, thank you for joining us today. I knew this was going to be a perfect topic for us to discuss. This has been one of your gems. You know, I think you've talked about it in other capacities, I think, as kind of like the supporting material for in the vein of some of our other topics. So I thought this would be a perfect show to do together. Now, why are we talking about Returnal? Returnal combines elements of gameplay, narrative, and visuals like we've never seen before, creating a truly artistic experience and something that will leave an incredibly strong impression and an emotional impact well beyond the end of the game. So it's one of those art pieces, like any good art, when you're done with it, it's going to linger. You're going to think about it. It's 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 going to seep deep into your soul, and it's going to stay with you for good reason. Now, before we can discuss, of course, we all need a little background. So Returnal was developed by House Mark and published by Sony Interactive Entertainment. It was released for the PlayStation 5 on April 30th, 2021, and it was written by Luke Molding and directed by Harry Kruger. Now, before we can hash it out, we need a little word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by the novel The Entropy Sessions, a tale of loss, love, and madness in our past, present, and future relationships with technology. Find it on Amazon and as an audiobook through Audible. Your support helps us continue our journey. Now back to the show. So first things first, I want to give the good people a little overview and game synopsis. And then I want to hear your first impressions of the game when, you, when, you're, when you're going through that first biome. So 
the game in the game you play as Celine Vasos. That's played by voiceover actress Jane Perry, and it's modeled after model Anne Bayer. So Celine Vasos is an astronaut who crash lands on the planet Atropos in search of a mysterious distress signal only known as the White Shadow. You find yourself trapped in a time loop, whereas the only chance for escape is by breaking said time loop through discovering the secrets of the planet and uncovering what the White Shadow really is. So Ryan, tell the good people what you thought. Uh, it was hard, <laughs> and I, I but I, I love I love extreme difficulty. Um, really. Yeah, yeah, like I'm playing God of War right now and have it not on the hardest setting, but I have it on the setting up. Which are is, you a Souls guy then? Soulsborne. So I love I love Bloodborne a okay. lot. I love it. Um, the Souls games, other than Bloodborne, I'm all right with. Like I love Neo and I love Neo too. I think Demon Souls. Um, it's gonna sound weird. It's a little too easy. Um, Ooh, okay. Now don't get me wrong. I've died a billion times playing, <laughs> but once you kind of get, it's kind of like Resident Evil. Once yeah. you kind of get the formula down, the the like the the difficulty level is scaled so low. I mean, you, you let them attack, you go to the, you go behind them, and you stab them in the back. Like that is, you can beat <laughs> every, you can be every non-boss like that. You know what I mean? Really? So yeah, 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 yeah. It's, okay. it, it, it was very. It, so it gets a little boring for me. The reason I love Bloodborne so much, other than it just being incredible, is um, that difficulty really doesn't apply all the time in everything. And it was just, it's, it's also just a beautiful, beautiful, looking artistic, yeah. art, artsy looking game. And so anyway, um, yeah, I love, I love uh, Challenge. And I saw this game. And plus, plus what, what brought me into it. So I have, a, I have, a, I love strong lead, female leads. Like Absolutely. All, all the all the scripts like I write. Alien. Ripley is Ripley. Is, oh yeah. Oh man. Um. But yeah, man. Uh. I love strongly. So that kind of brought me towards it. And then I, I I realized it was a roguelike. And this is to be honest with you, my first roguelike. I never played mm. Hades. I never played um whatever other roguelite. So I think I might have played. Um, Surely you played some in the, uh, the birth of the the genre, like Diablo and things like that. So I've never played Diablo. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I've never played Diablo. So they yeah, don't have um they don't have like something like Diablo doesn't have changing procedurally generated rooms though. Rooms, you know, right. it's like and the I same Hades for everybody. Does. I think Hades, Hades does, does, yeah. And then the birth of Isaac, I think actually that might be a roguelike that I played a long time. I think that's what it's called, where you're like a fetus or something exactly. like that. Exactly. Oh yeah. And it's I think that may, have, yep. mm-hmm, oh, yeah. that may have been the first roguelike I I, I played because I think that is one. But I, I love I love bullet uh hellstorms. Like that that bullet storm kind of <laughs> oh, like yeah. oh man like you're moving. and it's um it it's the movement, the the atmosphere, the soundtrack, which I did buy on vinyl, it just all hit. And I remember playing it and being like, oh, is she the only voice? Like, is she the only person in this in this game that you're hearing? And I think Jane Perry may be my favorite, if not my favorite lady voice actress. Because of, of all game. time, like oh, right now, I, I think what so, you've man. discovered. I, I think wow. of all time. I, oh, wow. I mean, she, dude, she, I mean, listen, listen to how she screams. Listen to how she's, she has this force and this drive in her the, voice. Yeah, that there's really a performance. Keeps you, yeah, that really makes me want to get out with her. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that's, that's what really brought me in. It was just, it just hit on all cylinders. I was like, you know what? And, you know, PlayStation to have any damn games come <laughs> at the time. So I was like, I might as well get this one. True, very uh, true. And, and it happened to be that this was just a masterpiece. Uh, yeah. And we're going to, um, 
it, throughout the show, we're going to dive in as to why, right? We're going to, we're uh, by the time we get to the end of the show, we're going to explain in detail why this really does stand apart from a lot of its predecessors or even contemporaries. And part of that is with the gameplay. Um, so usually when we talk about, you know, a film or a TV show or a book or, or, or writing or whatever, we're going to start, we usually start with the heart and soul of what that core medium is and in this yep. case with gaming we need to talk about the gameplay because what i think uh, before i get there i do want to um talk a little bit about this i think you know we we always knew we were going to talk about a game you know as a full retrospective and i didn't know which one it was going to be and i think for my inner circle and the ndp family i think returnal is going to surprise a lot of people because mm -hmm. people are going to say well why didn't you do you know god of war or mm -hmm. elden ring or things like mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. and that's what i want to my intention for the show as well is to answer that question why are we focusing on this as compared to all the other contemporaries out there and to do so, let's start with the gameplay. So we already talked about some of the things that are in the game. Really quick, I just want to give you, uh, for any of the people out there that haven't played it, let's give a little breakdown. So there is semi-permadeath. So per permadeath in games is like, instead of like saves or something where you just kind of pick up in the last checkpoint, usually a permadeath, in the, in the worst case scenario, you are literally starting the entire game over. Now, this game doesn't have that, and for a long time it didn't even have save features, but you start from the beginning of the act. And the game is, is separated into two acts of three biomes each. So essentially six levels total for the entirety of the game. And just like Ryan says, it's roguelike, which means that through each biome, there is a series of rooms, and every time you play it, those rooms change. It's the same rooms that you play through time and time again, and you will die a lot. The difficulty is unbelievable. It is punishing, but you will get a new experience every time you do what we call a run, which is when you die, you start over from the first biome or the, the first biome for the first act or the third, or excuse me, the fourth for the second act, and you try to make it to the end without stopping. Now, to make to make the challenge even more um, vast and expansive and difficult is the R&D, which which is in roguelikes. You're going to get a different weapon, a different weapon, different buffs, different debuffs every time you play. And it's randomized. You don't know what you're going to get. So there is an element of that's probably my only gripe. And I know you probably have some gripes besides the difficulty is there is an element of luck. Yeah, so so the element of luck, uh, you know, I, I would honestly say by the end of my playing experience, I was really good. Like, I, 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 I had it down packed of kind of how I need to move, but it was an element of luck. When I would go through, I would have a run where I would get to, like, stage six because I got lucky and the, the debuffs weren't as punishing as the ones that I tried to run before. Right. You know, and I was like, all right, great. Like, this is this is great. I've, I've only, <laughs> I only have something that says I take 75 percent less damage uh, to enemies when I'm standing still. Well, right. you never stand still in this damn game. Like, you're yep. never standing still because if you do. Oh, it's a running die. gun for sure. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. You have to move. So, yeah, the, the, the element of luck is 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 definitely there and apparent. Um, also with your weapons, I mean, each weapon, and, you know, it took me a while to, to realize like, why can't I switch weapons? And I didn't realize that you really only have one weapon at a time. So you kind of mm. have to decide 
what am I going to do? Am I going to keep this pistol that I started with and power up a little bit? Or am I going to get lucky and pick up this, you know, acid spewing gun? <laughs> shotgun. The <that>, shotgun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that makes enemies explode. Or the pylon um, driver. Or that the pylon driver. Makes but, the game essentially the closest thing to an easy mode it has. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But sometimes even with that pylon gun... um you get a bad version or not so great version of it. So right. that's the element of luck that really was like, damn it. You know what I mean? So, and uh, to that, to that um, effect, I should add that the game, besides just being traditionally difficult, you know, you doing a run and gun element per room to get to the end of the stage or into the biome in this case to play a boss, except for one biome. And we'll get to that in a minute, but essentially every single biome was designed the same but always changing with each playthrough. And the guns, again, it doesn't tell you, the game never holds your hand, it doesn't tell you that you are actually leveling up. So with every <laughs> run and every death, the only things, there's there's a very few things that actually do... Stay with you. Yeah, stay with you, connect to the next run, and that is how your guns level up. Mm -hmm. So with me, I was a hollow seeker guy. I, I kept that through the, once I got it, I pretty much leveled that up until it was yeah, the up. closest thing to easy mode yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. that I could get. And, um, but yeah, it's a third person shooter. So you're always seeing the character of Celine and it's always a run and gun and the enemies in the game. And this is where a lot of the visuals come in are essentially derived from Lovecraft, Lovecraftian horror. So the monsters, the enemies in the game look like, you know, traditional monsters, but they always have tentacles. They At always slither. Yeah, yeah, they always fly. There's And so it creates this inherent horror. Like I, every time I would interact with a new enemy, I got a little bit of a shiver. Like I was like, oh, God, what are they going to do? What are they going to do? Gonna do? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What are they going to do? And, and um, that too, uh, and maybe this is even where the design uh, came from for the movie I'm about to uh, bring up, but the, the plug film, some stuff. yeah, the film. One of my favorite Tom Cruise movies is uh, Edge of Tomorrow. Oh yeah, and, I love which it. also has the those same are the monsters, of, those <laughs> are the same monsters. Yeah, yeah. But I, I thought it was I thought it was interesting that that they used that, um, or it, they're very similar because if they were both kind of pulling from this Lovecraftian design. Um, they both also have a story that involves recurring time, like time, like he's dying exactly. and coming back and dying, and coming back. And I thought that was really cool. What's fascinating about the time loop on this one, though, is it's overlapping. So every as you progress through the, the game, you see dead versions of yourself in the yeah. game. And Instead of it come right, and there's always audio logs of of that version of your past self's progression, and you're you're getting tidbits of the story as you listen to those and hear things play out and hear how that run went. Yeah, and and Luke Malding, the guy who wrote the game, uh, kudos to that dude because that what a what an what an amazing way to spell a story out to like oh, to yeah. tell a oh, story. Oh my god, yes, because especially honestly, in this medium. Mm -hmm. And honestly, you you could miss a couple of those. I mean, there was there was there were some highlights oh, yeah. and stuff like that on your map, and you could see it. Uh, but you could you could miss those ones that weren't purposely put in the way of a door for you for you to get. But man, when you got it, you would you would hear you would hear Celine sometimes losing her mind. Oh like, yeah, you would. It's hear a psychological her, thriller oh, type of story as well. 
I thought love. that was just beautiful. I know you love and we love at the NDP family here. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. those tidbits and those pieces of story uh, really brought you into the mind mm. of, of Selena. the Selena that you're following because there's many of them. You know, there's many of them overlapping each other and leaving these audio books sometimes on a dead body, sometimes uh, just laying up in a corner somewhere and you find it and you hear like, Oh man, this like she went through it. She was right. going through it, and she's saying, "I love that Selena says." Celine says to herself, "It's not going to be me. I got to keep going. It's not <laughs> going to be me." And it, it is. And technically, every time you die, it's her. Yeah, and that is yeah, that is the twist on the time loop trope that we see in a lot of these stories is that these these time loops overlap, and we're yeah we're seeing our dead our past version of ourselves dead bodies everywhere in the game and it creates another another level of horror again like as much as this game is definitely an an action thrill ride there is so many elements of horror thrill like with especially when we get to the very last biome and we'll talk about that a little later because it's completely underwater and i will uh i have to say that taps into a little bit of a personal fear of mine i fear uh the concepts of of deep water uh, mysteries and very very big monsters. So I, this has been with me since I was a little boy. So anytime there's a water level in a game, I always get a little extra tense. And especially if I'm seeing a huge, even when I'm playing like fucking Legend of Zelda. Yeah. Because we all know the water temples are terrible, uh-huh. <laughs> or Awful. usually suck, or the just the hardest. Mm-hmm. And not only do I fear it from a pure difficulty level, but I fear it for what unknowns it may bring. Or even thinking of like Nintendo. 64 when you have that eel um in mario 64 you have that eel creature that would come out of that hole in that underwater level and i was like oh and you know looking back on it with these like low polygon stuff it it should not be a scary thing but i think it just taps into a human condition that we can't explain that a lot this is a fear that a lot of people have yeah i know i think philip church uh, um really yeah i think he has has the same fear has the same fear Mm mm-hmm he doesn't like on the water levels and stuff like that. He freaks out or he freaked out. I don't know if he still does, but I know he, I know I, I had been over at his place a couple of times and uh, there was stages. He was like, Oh, I can't do this right now. Like he would just have to kind of retire uh, on, on playing that stage or I'd play it or something like that. But yeah, that was the first time I ever saw someone react to it like that. And not, you know, I remember it was back. Remember, what was the, What was the game magazine? There was tips and tricks. And then there was like game, game pro. Game Pro, yes, good lord. I had a subscription as a kid. So did I. Uh, I think I still, over here. Yeah, I think I still have a bunch of them, like in a box um, that I had before I moved to Texas that I, I I ran into, and it was like Gex on the front or something like that. Some oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Well, there anyway. was there was a bunch. There was like I think there was that one. I think there was no, I think that was Game Pro, but there was like one. That was owned by PlayStation. I think there's still a the the Nintendo version um, is still I think in print to this day. Like they actually made it, or there's like a digital version of, of some. There's something there in that capacity. But if for anybody that was wondering what the fear of deep water exploration is, there is actually a name for it. It's thalassophobia, huh. and yeah. And I definitely have a little hint of thalassophobia. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm okay with, with the ocean. I actually love bodies of water. That's like, you know, when people say, are you a beach guy or mountain guy? I'm more of a beach guy. 
for sure. Uh, I just don't want to do any like abyss level, the abyss that is level exploration in the sea. It's scary to me. But yeah, even so, my point is that even so, b- besides the character interactions with the monsters of the game as you're going through the biomes, the level design itself, like the actual aesthetics of it, the visual components are scary. Mm-hmm. And like everything that it puts you in is creating tension and fear and anxiety but to the to the to the point of the thrill the thrill right so you want to you want to even though you're a little scared to go around that corner or open that door or no you know because again going back to level design remember this is a roguelike so every time you go into a new door it's going to be completely different than your last run you don't know exactly what you're walking into and it creates a little bit of that anxiety and i think we will touch on this when we talk about the story plot and narrative that's all purposeful guys so keep up you know keep that in the back of your head put a pin in that that level of anxiety is always mirroring what the character is going through in terms of the narrative and the story and the plotting that we see through all these audio logs and stuff but before we get there i do we do have to talk about the bosses so again gameplay difficulty and this game fucking warns you i think i've never had a game do this at the beginning of the game i remember making a note to myself of being like huh that's interesting the game literally says at the beginning before you hit start returnal is a challenging experience but that's part of it that's part of the fun and to me the overall gameplay before we go into the bosses and then go and touch on uh, a little more of the imagery visuals and definitely the audio design before we go into the narrative to me it was like a marathon race right this this whole game was an endurance test i don't know how many times i could tell you i was about i rage I definitely did some rage quitting, but there was for the first time in a long time, I remember being in the third biome about trying my sixth attempt at beating Nemesis, that boss, and really giving some serious consideration to, do I just want to quit this? Like, I, I, am, am I having fun? Yeah. And then as soon as I got <laughs> past that, <laughs> as soon as I got past that, I was like, it was one of those experiences where I was like, Man, if I can beat this, I can beat anything or I can do anything. That kind of feeling in life. So I had I had an extreme amount of trouble with the first boss. Now, my my really good friend Cody. Good old Frike. That was the first man, boss. Man, Frike. Her she was a bitch, man. But <laughs> <laughs> but you know, Frike um was tough, but then I was like, all right, let's look at what she's doing. Let's see how she's approaching right. things. And then you then you kind of realize that, oh, I just need to stay back. And right. once you stay back, the 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 rain of terror that she sends through the sky, and then sometimes the little little blast on the ground. It was like I'm far enough back. I can just I can I can I'm, I got this. But that right. that was my my friend never. Got like after that, you like, beat that, didn't you feel this incredible? Sense oh of man! Well, that's what I'm saying. Pride I, and I, completion. I, I said, bro, just beat Frank. And like you, you had a party will, in your head, right? Yeah, I was like, you will. It will open up for you. And he he gave up, man. But I was I was like, I can't be that guy. So oh, so your up. friend completely gave up. He like yes, put it down. Never he picked it back never up. Never picked again? it back up. Yeah, he, he wow. never played again. And I was like, bro, once I beat Frike, I I felt like I can I can do this, and I did. You know, eventually I did. <laughs> yeah, to the players that never, you know, to the gamers out there that haven't played this, you know, much to Ryan's point, it is bullet hell, and then the bosses is bullet hell on extreme. So they are throwing everything in the kitchen sink at you to get those hits in, to get those kills in. And there's three phases to every boss. It's not like yeah. you just, you know, see that life bar go down and you win. Yeah. There's two more life bars right after that. And you may have an inch of life left 
by the end of the first phase, right? And what I did, what I had to do to, like I got so frustrated, I went to Reddit and I was like, I've got to learn. Like, what is the game not telling me? I need all the tips, all the tricks. I need, you know, out outside of literally making, you know, doing just like cheat codes or anything. I don't think there's anything actually like that not in this sure. version, probably in the PC version uh, that's gonna come out soon. But uh, the point is, is, is like, I looked up, I had to study. I had to study. I was like, okay, what do I do? And I think the game changer for me was the dash. So guys, if you don't know this, when you use the dash feature, you are invulnerable. Mm-hmm. Nothing can hit you. Those bullets can't hurt you. I and when, baby. Right. When I when I started use, utilizing that, and also the sword. The sword is essentially like a one-hit kill weapon. Um, but you're going to be... That's only close quarters combat. You're going to be using your gun most of the time. But the dash is going to be a life saver as, as monk and also again the game doesn't tell you about how to create checkpoints in the game you'll, you'll have to learn that out yourself and it does at least have a save feature where you can just like pause the game without it completely breaking your run with like an update or something like yeah, that. yeah that, that was the update because it, it definitely did not have that before so if you were there and you were doing fantastically you either better just not play anything else until you come back to it like you have to take a break or leave or go to work or whatever just assume that run is over yeah before the save the or pseudo save feature so guys people would have to play this game to for two to three hours in a row without stopping because they may have had a perfect you know, run. They may have had a bunch of um, uh, med packs and got a checkpoint and got an astronaut figurine and all the things to make a boss or a run or a boss encounter easier or a run easier to get to that finish line. There was no way they could put it down until they patched it. Thank God they did. Yeah, that that was that was something that was definitely needed. Um, but you know, there was bring up Philip again. You know, he played a little bit, I think, of my Shout game. out to Philip. Oh, Philip Church. So he was like, I don't like that you don't automatically pick up health when you run over it. And I was like, there's, exactly. some, strat- there's some strategy there. Again, purposeful design. Purposeful, wonderful, wonderful design, which sometimes I'm kicking butt. I got these dudes. I know these guys are going to do this. They're not hard, blah, blah, blah. I'm doing great. And there's three or four pieces of health down there. Now, there are other ways to gain health. Sometimes you have certain buffs that, you know, say you kill someone or say say you kill something, you can gain health back that way. Or you may even have you may even have a weapon that gives you energy back or something like that. Let's just say. Right. Because of that, I don't want to go walk over health and pick it up because I may not need to now. The really cool thing they did with health was it you had three little notches. Mm. And if you grabbed health while your health was already full, it added to that notch. And once you once you filled up all three, your overall health would expand. Mm. And I thought this is genius. Like because I at, at first I was like, am I going to have to fight? this whole game with this tiny bar but you are building and building and building Celine and her resilience through her suits and you know um through her health and her armor that she has based on the st- the strategy the strategy that you use on each run so sometimes i when i was fighting frank i was like i got frank i don't even need <laughs> i would i wouldn't want to waste time 2 hours getting stronger um but i would just go to different parts of the stage that i knew may have had health gather that health real kick quick run straight to frank and then go fight and i love that the game gave you that option guns blazing buffed up through a two hour essentially 
uh, leveling up phase is what mm-hmm. I would call it. Yeah, you know, you and then mm-hmm. go into the fight with the best kind of yeah buffs and uh, med packs and essentially armor and the best gun that you could have. And then guys, again, it's very randomized. Even the attacks are sometimes with these bosses that I would go into a boss fight with all those things. I, I felt like I was a fucking Superman, Batman. I was unstoppable, and I would still get killed. Like I would, I would, <laughs> I would still get just slaughtered by. Let's go through the list real quick. Biome two is the boss's name is Ixion. Biome three is Nemesis, arguably in my humble opinion, the hardest boss in the whole fucking game. Biome four is Hyperion. Biome five did not have a boss. It had essentially uh, a series of, we'll call them trials, to get keys to get to biome six. Biome six is the underwater underwater world, and that last boss is Ophion. Before we get now, we you guys have a really good primer to talk about the story and narrative. Before we get there, I do want to just highlight the incredible visuals, imagery, and audio design because I don't know if you guys know this. And when I say guys, I'm talking to you, the audience. There is an entire community of photographers that only do video game stills. And what they do is they play the game. And a lot of games now have this as a normal feature, which is just called photo mode. And they will pause the game in photo mode and take pictures, either upload them onto Twitter or whatever, Instagram, or actually download them and then play with them in Photoshop. And I urge you all to, if you have a Twitter account or, or IG account or whatever, just put in Returnal and see the incredible art pieces that you will find. It's um, it's it's wild that there are literal, uh, what do they call them? Uh, virtual, just virtual photographers? Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, virtual yeah. Photographers. Uh, then people are, are, I mean, making some art. And this game is uh, a perfect example. It's ripe. Because <laughs> it is just ripe with particle effects and and glowing fauna that you find around the stage um that follows you when you walk follows you when you walk past it yeah and i I remember i mean this is ray this is 4k ray tracing at its finest Mm -hmm. and i remember i remember when it happened i was like oh i was like is that about to kill me but no it's harmless it's just the world that they built and it's dark and it's beautiful and it makes you and it it makes it more immersive like i felt like this was a fully realized world like a mad max star wars like think about your favorite world building kind of worlds and this was that way immediately with its visual aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. It, it, it holds up to uh, a lot of blockbuster films and a lot of um, a lot of worlds that have been built uh, that we love, like you said. And um, they just did such a good job. And it's it's uh, and, and while the concept of being a roguelike is um, nothing new now, it's it's probably one of the younger genres. Right. But the look, the aesthetic, the feel and Again, that soundtrack, man, when you get into it, like, and you're in a room and, and you see, you know, eight enemies pop out of nowhere and you hear just like this deep horn kind of come in that just kind of starts. Yeah, it just swells. Oh, yeah. it swells. Oh, it, it is. It is great. I remember that oh, was yeah. kind of the first thing that got me because, you know, obviously it's pretty, right? I could see that yeah. off, oh, yeah. off the bat. Um, it's hard, which I like. But man, I was like, oh, this music is great. And then her voice, again, going back to Miss um, Perry, Jane Perry, I think her name is, uh, mm-hmm. going back to Jane Perry's voice. I was just like, God, this woman is in the studio screaming. You know what I mean? Like she's in oh, the studio yeah. 
crying and shivering and and audio design you know is everything so yeah you have you have and we've talked about this in other shows because what what separates video game music from film you know film or television you know that's static that isn't that is um and when i when i say static i just mean that it's only that way for that scene whereas in gaming you are the character you're playing the story so things change on a whim and the music is dynamic so they have to, it has to be written in a very smart way for as soon as you're yeah you're just going through the world and exploring and there's no enemies you're just just pure like exploration it's gonna it there's a music for that but as soon as an enemy enters the the scene it changes it changes and it creates that action too uh, immediately and as soon as you kill everybody in the area it goes you know and then it and then it fades out to something soothing and soothing but like very especially for biome one i feel like you really get like you really feel like you're in this otherworldly almost like tropical you know forest type of feel or biome four which was is just a a slight variation of biome one and and it percolates with everything too. When you pick up an item, when you use your sword to cut through brush, when you shoot your weapon, when you you know interact with literally everything, everything has that um, very meticulous sound design. And that overall, you know, so with all of that, the gameplay, the everything that makes the gameplay the gameplay, the literal, the literal aspects of the gameplay, the audio, the visual, everything again is. I think this is where we have to talk about the story. Everything is in is the vessel to make a compelling story. And I think this is why it stands with this one really sticks out to me more than some of its contemporaries. Don't get me wrong, though. God of War and Elden Ring. Yes, those are amazing. Those are excellent, you know, but this one is really mirroring what the protagonist is going through. Just like we see with great directors, the visuals are going to mirror what the what the story is going through, what the protagonist is going through. So we need to talk about why it's a psychological thriller. So um, we assume that you've already played through this if you haven't. Spoilers. Spoilers. Yeah, tough titties. Yeah. It, yeah, it's hard to talk about this game and, and not spoil because of how it's laid out. Right. Because right. this is, you know, once you were telling me about it, I could actually see it in that light, but I also could see it in multiple lights. So the game on one hand is essentially the main protagonists. They are going through a level of grief and loss, the loss of their son um, through a traumatic uh, situation in the real world, you know, in our world, so to speak, not on an actual alien planet. And what you see through each biome is them going through this, the levels of grief and sorrow and all, all the stages and them battling, you know, and that's where you're literally battling these enemies and these bosses to get to, to, to the end, to find resolution within your own mind. Right. So, so I think with, with the story of a, a woman who was training, doing her astronaut training and, um, she was planning on going probably like to Mars or something like it's, it's not even, it's not an alien planet. It's, it's not, not an alien host. planet. It's not anything like this. I mean, you you were, and I, I think it was a bridge in Japan. Yeah. That that the that, that happened. So this is this game is very much grounded with a real person that went through a very 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 traumatic experience, and she blames herself for the loss of her child. And it plays out in her mind. I think that's what the audience need to understand: so that the actual gameplay and the biomes are really going on in her mind to battle her grief. It's the it's how she is fighting through this grief 
and yeah. we are playing this mental anguish in in video game world while she's at you know a therapist or hospital or however you know i can't remember where she physically is while this is all going on but this is her mental anguish and her stress now i have a, i do have a question yes did you did you ever read the it's like the emails the back and forth emails that you had with like a couple people it was a couple other women i did not i i had to do a lot of homework post game completion to understand a lot of the things that either i missed or i didn't quite understand and i didn't i usually would try to do all of the audio logs and then anytime there was the uh throughout the game there are you can you can find what are called ciphers and you can essentially find these little sayings or poems or things like that that help to unravel a lot of the plot the complete email threads you know back and forth i didn't but i would try to find all those ciphers and then read all of the cipher messages Right. So there were, as the as the story progressed, there was um, communicate between her and uh, two other ladies, and mm. it, it it kind of showed the it kind of showed how she was dealing with this loss on the planet at her job, and how mm. they were like, "Hey, if you think you should, be, you, you think you can still do it, being it like being in space, being an astronaut, it's a lot of stress." This might not, with what you're going on with mentally, this may not be. I thought she like lost a job or something like that. Um, I thought it was something where she, yeah, it didn't work out. She was distraught because at the end of the game, you are finally um, brought down to earth, <laughs> literally and figuratively, mm -hmm. where you see Celine as she normally looks, not as this, you know, space marine essentially version of her with short hair and she's driving a car she's she has her son in the back seat his name is helios for the record which is the exact same name they give to the ship you crash land on originally and you keep replaying and going back to the beginning which clearly has parallels to the to the main narrative going on here because uh the ship is named helios and Part of the reason you're still replaying all these things in your head is because it 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 started with Helios, your son, because you you essentially it's not quite explained what happens, but you lose control over a bridge, you fall off the bridge, and you escape. You know, your car plummets into water, you escape, but your son doesn't, and you blame yourself. Right. So so this is what happens. So and this is also what ties to what we kind of hit but didn't really hit very hard, uh, which may kind of have lost well, maybe not lost anybody, but there is there is a figure that is following you throughout the game. Your mm -hmm. your your house from Earth is on the alien planet, which is super weird that you can go into every once in a while that progresses the story. But there's also a white shadow that is following you. It's an astronaut suit, but it's an old astronaut suit, one that she refers to uh, that her mother used uh, in her day. It's a it's an it's an antique, and it is following her a lot. Now during the crash. What ends up happening is she falls asleep. She falls asleep at the wheel on, on the bridge. And um, there's also a recurring time like 816 or something like that. But that is when she passes out. But the reason she passed out is because she was so tired of training to be an astronaut. Oh. She, all, all that training and all that stuff trying to live up to her mom, which she kind of hits on this a little bit. Extreme exhaustion took over. Extreme exhaustion took over and she blames herself. It wasn't for that training. That's why she's being hunted by haunted by that white shadow that that old antique i guess it would be actually not old for us because it was like a 
you know, 2020 astronaut suit, but in right. comparison to the one that she's in during the game, you know, she, she refers to it as like this, this old one. What does it want? Um, why is it following me? And stuff like that. And once that again, is what the white shadow is. You yes, know, they yes. answer the synopsis question earlier. So the, 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 um, the ship that crashes, if you look at the details of the ship, yes, it's, the ship is called Helios. When you walk away from the ship, it says abandoning Helios. Now, when you find out at, you find out later in the game, um, really the end kind of what happens. She crashes and she's going to drown and she can't stay down there longer and save her son who's in the back seat and he's uh, still strapped down with the seat belt. belt. Yeah. And she's like running out of breath and she has to kind of go up. Either she dies down there or, you know, they both, you know, either they both die or, you know, she, she has to save herself. And I can imagine for anyone that has to be an awful horrible decision to make um uh not to jump too far off but god of war bringing that back up the guy who the 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 mma fighter that was modeled after uh that that kratos's body is modeled after he died doing that his he died jumping in the water to save his son uh he died in 2020 um there's actually a really touching thing that happened in god of war uh to show like um in loving memory of him or whatever. But, um, mm-hmm. anywho, uh, so, you know, that's people that and, and the, one of the glee, one of the glee cast members, she was like, same thing. Her son was like drowning and she jumps into the mm-hmm. ocean and she saves her son and, uh, doesn't make it. So, I mean, like it, it, these things do happen. And, and, you know, if you're, even if it is your son, sometimes you're, you're scared and you can't do it. And she, she blames herself in this white shadow. Now to go, to go back to what I thought was very, very, cool was the house it was oh, always yeah. it was always in the first biome and you wouldn't always get to it sometimes it was the first door you open sometimes it was the third uh door you go through sometimes it was the six because that ever-changing world that this game uh gives you in in this um in this roguelike uh but when you get to that house you get so much of the story you get so much of kind of who she is you see these toys you see the name Helios, you see this clock, you see a TV, you also start to see these news flashes. Now, every time you die, which is a, I thought was really cool, you get these really quick flashes of Earth. And as, mm-hmm. the, as the player, I didn't realize it. You didn't. I don't think you realized it either. But I, I was like, why am I on an alien planet? And every time I die, I keep seeing the moon or trees or mm-hmm. a bridge. And it was, once again, to the writing and the game developers, it's building this story that, like you said, once I was done, I was like, I gotta look this shit up. And the and the um the going into the house experiences too were again another very horror specific thrill ride because it was it was designed kind of like PT. So you go from third person to first person. Mm-hmm. So you were right there in the driver's seat. And it is a bit scary, you know, to open a door. To click on something, you don't know what's going to pop out because it's also designed that way to be a little bit of a haunted house kind of scenario. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like with the music, there's a there's um, the very, I guess, essentially the so a tropos for the record. We should probably dive into a little bit of the symbolism in the game. Yeah, absolutely. So this is this goes back to the very smart smart writing and very smart narrative construction because you can still look at the game. In a literal sense, though, I totally agree with Ryan. I think that this is an allegory for grief, loss, depression of losing a loved one. Mm -hmm. The way it was constructed, you know, you could technically look at it as if she really was on this alien planet and was finding all of these things because 
the creatures in the game were showing them to her. Or you could do both, where it was both literal and figurative at the same time. Though I think it is truly figurative, you know, at my heart and soul of analyzing the piece, I I could see it done in any way. And that's the beauty of really smart writing and narrative construction is you could, if you wanted to, you could really believe she's on this alien planet and going through all these biomes and killing all these monsters and, and bosses and things like that. And that it doesn't have any kind of d- deeper meaning or it, it does also within the context of it literally being played out and that you're actually on a tropos, but everything is designed to mirror what is actually happening in the patient's uh, or in Celine's mind because the the planet is called a tropos and that is a mythological it's a part of the fates it's actually the um one of the goddesses of death right so mm, okay no I, I didn't know that about a tropos i didn't know i know about friday yeah it's one of the about, three yeah. fates a tropos is one of the goddesses of death so doesn't that make sense well, you I die know, a lot 100%. <laughs> on a tropos yeah and then all of the all of the boss names have mythological origins origins too. And I had to look this up because of I did under I did know that I didn't know to what extent you knew about the family, but I did know that there was a family dynamic that was suffocating to her. I didn't know that the extreme exhaustion from that family family dynamic made her fall asleep, but that makes total sense now. This is why I love these discussions. And every single, uh, so Frike and Ixion and Nemesis, those are all named off the mythological gods and goddesses. And those are all based on different family members in Selene's life. Huh. So I think I, I think I know about like Ma. Alex, explain, please. Yeah. So um, I don't know which is which. I know that um, from, since there's so much reading and so much research we had to do for these episodes, someone like, Ophion is is her mother. Hyperion is her father, and then like some are either a brother or a so either a sibling or a child. So you're you are battling not only your depression and grief, but specifically through how your family haunted you and essentially drove you to this situation happening in your life so you're battling literally your family as well that's why so there's two main endings there's the there's the one main ending where you see the giant squid monster who is essentially kind of like a fate that you you can believe if you believe the literal version of the story that is actually controlling all of this and showing you all these things or the figurative one that is the the main body of of why it's essentially depression and grief itself you know incarnate but there is a hidden ending where you see a, you know, like a humanoid, um, you know, tentacle like monster with a skull face that is also pregnant in a wheelchair. And you are you are going up to it and interacting with it and I think confronting it. And that is, I think, supposed to be either you as Celine or your mother. And then going back to this being, you know, you could look at the story in literal senses because you are believed uh, it is or it is supposed to be brought to your attention that you are also the white signal, that you are the astronaut and you are transported in the loop to cause the crash to begin with. So you are the beginning and the end. Yeah. So uh, I remember because uh, you, you get a lot of that mother daughter, um, especially. And I don't know if you played the DLC, but, you know, they had free DLC that came out and that actually expanded a like Tower of Sisyphus, that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So in the DLC, not to not to break too far off our original story. No, here, right. Go ahead. But it's 
you see a lot more interaction with mm. her mom and like her visiting the hospital that she's in and her just basically being like, fuck, screw you. You know what I mean? Like, right. uh, yeah. And it's really, really deep. And it's, it's, uh, it shows that Celine was, I, I think she had a kind of a tough life with her family. Exactly. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I, and, I at least got that. Yeah. Yeah. And the loss of her, the loss of, Probably the only thing she really had that she loved, which which was uh, her kid, uh, just drove her to the madness that has given us the game that we're playing. But yeah, Frank is what like the spirit of horror. Um, Exion wasn't he known for like betrayal or something like that? Nemesis, um, it's like a divine retribution. Hyperion right. is a titan of light. I know that. And I, Ophion, the one, the, the big one at the underwater was thrown, his fate was to be thrown into the sea. So I feel like it's just such a. It's so interconnected. Man, yeah. it's beautiful. And, and like I said, that, that the, the uh, Luke uh, Malding who wrote that, man, what a, what a genius. And, and also, you know, just to bring it around circle and connect it with our, the original, like, so obviously the show is in two acts to bring it back to that first act, which was the gameplay. Remember, this is why it's so challenging, because I think um, as as humans, as people, we've all gone through that human condition of grief and loss and whatever the thing is for you. You know, it may be a little different It may be not the you know, the loss of a loved one. It could just be a breakup. You know, it could be it could be a lot of different uh, versions of loss. And that's why I love that the gameplay mirrors that perfectly, because it is just like you are. Um, going through in your mind the trials and tribulations of getting over loss or love or whatever the thing is it is so hard it's so challenging that's why the gameplay is so hard and so challenging it's the same thing you know it was funny i was gonna i was gonna bring that point up that you know when when you mentioned that this is like the one of the few games that give you a warning at the beginning yeah Um, but yeah i mean i think that's why they were like hey we have to make this really hard because ultimately it's super meta ultimately what she's going through is really it's hard. super hard yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I actually remember i'll never forget just like learning about the game before i really got into it and learning about the biomes and stuff like that and before i learned that there are uh two sets of of three biomes together i actually thought that you had to do the entire six biomes from the first biome and i was like this is impossible how is how's anybody going to finish this and luckily they do give you a little bit of that reprieve by separating the two and what's great is that even is part of the narrative so after after biome three you you actually get a distress call back to Earth. They pick you up and they save you. You live out the rest of your fucking life only to die and wake up in Atropos. And the loop starts over again. But in the new Atropos, you know, and then you go from biome four to six. And so you're still, you're, it's still a struggle. You're still dealing with it. And it's all so interconnected. And as you said quite eloquently, very metaphysical. And I think this that's why it stayed with me is that that so many of those layers, you know, as much as like something like Elden Ring is crazy difficult or Souls games or um, you know, Bloodborne things like that, it's not always mirroring exactly what the protagonist uh, is going through or what the story is trying to uphold in its effect to the player. And I felt that was so powerful and so moving and it really I I couldn't help but 
think about it for days and days. I'm clearly still thinking about it a little bit. And that's why I was like, oh, we got to do this fucking show. And um, it just it's all connected. So why don't we bring it home by telling the good people, Mr. Selfie, why should they study the game Returnal through this artistic lens? It's so important because it is very rare that I think um, you get to experience something that is so real, especially through the um, the medium of games. Like this, this to me was a was a study, a case study of how hard it is to move on. Like you said, rather that's oh, yeah, a, rather that's a breakup with a with a friend or a, a significant other, a loved one, or yeah, whatever a, the thing a is, because that's you know, technically a death. You know, psycho psychologically speaking, even a breakup is a death in a way to your mm-hmm. mind. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's it's really hard for people to move forward. And yes, uh, she did. I, I'm remembering she did lose. She did uh, get rejected from the astronaut program. That's that's what it was. She did get rejected. And I'm sure she was going through whatever she was going through. And, you know, she may have been I mean, we're, we're on a yeah, I've thought this a couple of times, but we're on an alien planet fighting monsters. This is going through, you know, her mind probably in somewhat, and we're seeing a much more exaggerated version, but she, she, she imagined an astronaut in the middle of the road and she mm-hmm. swerved out the road. You know what I mean? And that astronaut was technically her the whole time too. And, and, but that's, but, but that's what I mean. I, she may have just been a little just off to begin with. I, I think to experience something like this in the medium that it is, and it actually be good. Like, even if you don't care about the story, which would be a shame, play the game if you love a challenging, beautiful, roguelike experience. But if you are down for an intriguing storyline that just has feeling and purpose, mm-hmm. like, I, I feel like I, it has to be that the Luke guy, the guy who wrote it, he, he has to have either gone through something like this Sure. Or 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 has experienced it with someone because this has so much personal. Oh yeah, depth feeling to it. Yeah, depth, yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, this this is exactly why you should give this game a chance. If you only have PC, give it a couple more months. I'm sure it'll be out on PC soon. Uh, if you have a PS5 and you hadn't picked it up, I think it's free. If you have like the yeah PlayStation, PlayStation Plus Plus yep. Plus or whatever, yep. um, play it. Stream it, download it, whatever. <laughs> play it, man. It's damn good. There you go, guys. Final thought is play it. And there you have it. Returnal from top to bottom. I want to thank you guys for listening. I want to thank, of course, my guest, Mr. Ryan Selvi, for helping me out and hashing things out. But before we go, you know, we got a little extra for you, a little icing on the cake, a little cherry on top with what we call the gym of the week. If you're new to the show and don't know what the gym of the week is, it's something we like to talk about here at the end of our shows that doesn't always fit into the scheme of the episode, but we want to give it to you nonetheless. It may be on our radar in the last, I don't know, day, week, month, but we feel compelled. We got to give it to you guys so you guys can dig deeper before we dive in. Of course, you need to hear from their sponsor. Today's gems are brought to you by Zencaster. Zencaster is our go-to tool for remote podcast recordings. What's great is that you can record separate audio and video tracks, and it's all backed up on a secured cloud, so you never lose your hard work. Even better, it's easy to use, and there's nothing to download. So go to zen.ai, that's Z-E-N dot A-I slash art of the beholder, or just use promo code art of the beholder and get 30% off your first three months with the pro account. Now back to the gems. Mine, of course, is always short and sweet, so I can we can get back to our guests and, and listen to what they have for us today. Uh, I think this will uh, hit pretty close to home for Mr. Ryan Selby because it's a film. Uh, I greatly recommend the movie The Menu. It is 
As much as the, oh, uh, have you seen it, it yet? I have not, dude. I'm, I'm so busy, bro. I've missed so many films. Oh, you <laughs> got so, to. You got so to. I think you would love it, really. Getting to know you and kind of what your tastes are and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So the trailers kind of make it seem like a horror film or that they're cannibals, cannibals or some shit like that. A little bit. It is, it is completely the opposite of what you think it will be. There are horror elements, but if I were to truly try to name the genre of the film, it's dark comedy. Mm. It's a comedy movie. It's a nice. dark comedy movie, but it's a comedy movie. Is there sadistic chefs that want to kill you? Yes. Is there brutal fatalities? Yes. Okay. Is there <laughs> is there a thrill ride from beginning to end? Yes. But underneath it all, there's a lot of amazing social commentary. Comedy, as I already stated, dark comedy. And I think it will subvert your expectations. I think, yeah, the trailers make you think it's one thing. But as soon as you end it, you realize it's something else. So, guys, check out the menu. You know, maybe a little bit of a shameless plug here. But oh, uh, my, gym, my gym of the week is my horror short that I uh, just oh, released please, yes. not too long ago. What's it called? Um, it, it's called Birthday Girl. And um, it is a short about a girl who is on an errand for her boss and gets a birthday gift that she will never forget. And you can watch that on um, on the YouTube's on the YouTube's. But it's I'm not gonna lie, it's kind of hard to find because it's literally called Birthday Girl, and it that is mm. just I wasn't thinking about that. But if you go to my IG, yeah, go to my IG eatc dot films. It is right there pinned on my uh, on my page. Give it a like. Give it a share. Uh, even if you hate it, just let me know. Oh, man, I love that. Okay, birthday girl, Ryan Selvey, Instagram handle, eatc.films. Check it out, guys. And if you like that, of course, you can check out some of our stuff at novodayproductions.com. You can also follow us at underscore novo underscore day and day is de and at novo day media there you'll find things like the entropy sessions post meridium cancel culture lotto a lot more to come of course you'll see more ads for this show and you can check out some of our other episodes with mr ryan selvey a lot of fun i think you guys will love them don't forget to like and subscribe and do all the things you know what to do it's it's internet etiquette if you like the thing subscribe you know what to do i don't need to tell you what to do write and review and if you'd like to sponsor our little love child here or be on the show. Ooh. You can reach out to us at NovoDayMedia at gmail.com. So until next time, guys, be good to each other. And as always, good luck and Godspeed. We love you. Art of the Beholder is brought to you by NovoDay Productions. Created and hosted by NovoDay and the NovoDay Collective. Facebook.com slash NovoDayMedia. At NovoDayMedia on Twitter and Instagram. Music by A Company. Facebook.com slash Music 123 Aco on Spotify. Logo designed by Tom Justice, J-E-S-T-U-S, of thejusticecompany.com, and executively produced by Clayton Anderson. All rights reserved.